Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you to trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom. Players to start. Got a fish you can trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! Alright, welcome in everybody. It is the Important Nonsense Podcast, Trust or Bust edition for week two. Joining me as usual for our Friday show, we have my usual co-host, Mr. Neil Smith, and of course, Mr. Jason Draven at That FF Nerd. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. How's it going? Doctor. Doctors. 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 I concur. Exactly. So, uh, Thursday night football, as we get right into it here, uh, pretty ugly divisional game to get us going in week two. These things have a tendency to be horrible. I did not learn my lesson and put 12 confidence points on the Panthers because I, I always have to relearn that lesson at the beginning of every season. You, have you to never relearn. put more than a one. <laughs> never put more than a one in the first week. You have to relearn week. that the Thursday night it. football games are bad usually. Always a tragedy. <laughs> Slows yes. down, yeah. Yeah, relearning that, okay. It goes one way or the other. It's really, really bad or really good. It just kind of depends. It's not in the middle ever. Either way, Thursday night, I feel like, is the hardest night to call. So I got into a system by the second half of last year for the confidence pool. Always throw a one on Thursday nights. And I was like, oh, it's the Panthers. They'll be fine. Threw a 12 on there. Felt pretty pretty great about that until McCaffrey got stuffed. But I digress about my sad gambling. He was robbed. He was robbed, Steve. He extended. We all know he was. (laughs) At the same point, Kevin Bay actually does have a good run D. Just to keep that in mind. It's not like a fluff piece. He's actually good at stopping the run. I mean, it was you nice when he to show up yesterday. Todd Bowles or <laughs> the defense of the Tampa Bay. I just assume it's a guy. That's the royal he. Yeah. Well, I figured you'd just go Bowles there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they get Bowles from the Jets. That's the that's where I figured you go. Like, that's what the broadcast <laughs> was doing. All uh, but despite a questionable status, basically the majority of the week. Greg Olson rolls out there, leads all receivers in yards, has himself a Thursday night football because that's science right there for you. It's Greg Olson just dominating when he wasn't even supposed to play. Gets blasted in the face and starts bleeding immediately. And everybody's like, oh, here it is. And then has the highest receiving total of any Panther. That's right. That's right. Just like we drew it up. So outside of that, I mean, Cam was aggressively terrible again. Uh, I think that's now eight consecutive starts he's lost something like that dating back to last season uh so he's not looked great and McCaffrey I think just looked tired after he got run so much on Sunday the short week I expect him to have a huge bounce back week next week but uh, uh, that doesn't help people (laughs) that that started him now yo sure didn't (laughs) (laughs) didn't help our rankings either no not at all but uh, let's not talk about that. No. Yeah, let's, we'll move, let's on. move on. We'll move on, from on that quickly from that. Yeah. yeah. Well, how about that, Chris Godwin? Though I hear Woo! good things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight money. I. I mean, Evans was being covered and has always had a bad game against the Panthers. So I was thinking Godwin would be a money play, and I was telling everybody about it. So I love Godwin this week. 
Go and we talked about, uh, you know, the aggressive overreactions from week one. Carrying that over here, if you have somebody in your league who's a Mike Evans owner and after these first two weeks is completely panicking, See, we have a you want to go that. ahead and make that a – oh, with the panic, you're right. Yeah. Oh, my God! Why? Yeah, if that's your Mike Evans owner in your league, you can go ahead and make them a low ball offer, get you some Mike Evans, because that is going to start clicking here in the next week or two, especially with this extended break until week three for them. So, yeah, if you can make an offer at this point for Mike Evans to basically get him for what would be low-end wide receiver two value, I'm absolutely doing that every chance you get. Cosign, 100%, because you could probably get him for pennies on the dollar compared to what people invested in at the start of the season. Exactly, and I think he's still going to be able to pay off as a back-end wide receiver one by the end of the season. So I, I think that's definitely something worthwhile and, there. And to shout out Jason. Jason, I showed your uh, I showed your love of Godwin to a few people at my office, and you won a couple people their week probably. So you feel yeah. good about that. So pumped. Actually, I had that question last night on Twitter and answered it in – the dude was came back this morning. I was like, "Oh man, such a great way to start the week." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, riding high into the weekend. <laughs> well, people that didn't have a great week were those that started OJ Howard. Uh, if you started OJ Howard, you may have woke up this morning and noticed that your score at the beginning of the day today was the same as the beginning of the day yesterday, and that is not an error. Uh, OJ Howard with a big old goose egg in last night's game. Uh, it's been a rough first two weeks. For OJ, is it time to hit that button? Oh my god! Why? Absolutely. I'm not a fan of him. I mean, they just... It, I've seen Bright more than I actually saw Howard, and it's not looking good. I'm not super... You know, I was not high on him in the preseason, so I don't really have any shares of him, because uh, he was going really high. I think he was consensus five, which is too too spicy for me. But yep. uh, the bigger question, I think, is what do you do with that? Like, you can't... You're going to sell it? Because there's no one, no one's going to give you anything. Tight ends not ever usually fruitful territory that you can just go get. Uh, what do we think? You want to go? We think if you're going to panic, you want. Is it time to like just fire sale it? Because I I don't know about that just yet. That that might also create. I don't a know if you could team. right if you could sell it straight up. I don't think so. But if you could package him, maybe someone would try to package uh, him in a deal. Because um, tight end one for one is really difficult, like you said. Yeah, it's really tough. Like trying to get that off your team is logistically problematic at this point. So you may have to do something like that. But at the same time, I I, I worry about having what you have to staple to it, like an NBA contract. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to staple anything I'm going to have to use necessarily. I guess you got to find the guy from the preseason that was way high on OJ Howard and uh, see if that that market's still open. Unfortunately, if you had him, if you have him, that guy was probably you. Well. Even there, I'm kind of thinking, well, okay, what you should be doing is targeting that owner. And if you were smart and, I mean, have the fantasy life app, you would have gotten Waller or Hawkinson. And I'd definitely be trading one of those two players to them or even the Hunter Henry owner at this point. It'd be just such a great deal to try. Sure, that's true. That's that's fair. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Could be a discount replacement for a guy that might end up in the same territory as Hunter. Sure, and if, if you're especially if you have other options, you know what I mean. If you're in a situation where you have another option, that would be especially attractive. Package him off, get something nice. All right, well let's uh, that, that, let's get out of this Thursday night feel. All right, because that game still irks me a little bit. So let's <laughs> go bad. into the uh, that, that, that let's preview the news. 
the football preview. Halfback, passes to center, back to wing, back to center, center holds it, holds it, holds it! No, not that football. Oh, the Denver Broncos! Yeah, that's the one. You just don't understand football. News. Good news, everyone. And stats. You need to win. You play to win the game. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. Uh, So we're starting with QBs and tight ends. Modge Podge. Just some news of note to try to keep in mind. Uh, Trey Burton is uh, listed as questionable. He will be a game-time decision, hoping to make his uh, season debut against the Broncos this weekend. Outlook for Trey Burton, are you starting him if uh, if you need be, or are you still holding on to whatever you streamed last weekend? I personally am just holding on to whatever I streamed last weekend. This is a little bit... Uh... A little bit too dicey too of a situation a bit right too now. Risky right? For yeah. Me. yeah, you probably got something else you'd rather play. Yeah, it kind of depends on your league. I I really like Burton, and I think there's a lot of upside, but I'm not going to worry about playing him with it. all the injuries that surround him this year and last year. Yeah, you you obviously have to have a backup plan, but I think if he's good to go, uh, he's definitely worth playing this week. Uh, expect to be without Sam Darnold, diagnosed with mono. He will miss at least this week, according to the Jets. He's already dropped, apparently, close to 10 pounds now at this point. So uh, that is just scary, the amount of weight he is losing that quickly. But he'll be out of commission for a little while. Trevor Simeon named the starter. How does this affect the Jets overall? Downgrade them all. I mean, I Darnold's clearly 12 if he has mono, but at that same point, you're looking at the Jets and... I think the only player you really want is Bell and Crowder be my only options. How about you guys? What do you think? I don't know. That's it's a, it's a, it is a bit of a downgrade because uh, you're going, it's not like off a cliff necessarily to Trevor Simeon. Cause he's at least proven that in spots he can be competent. If you can prevent him from getting killed, that's, that's how Trevor Simeon comes unglued is when you start hitting him. Uh, I speak from years of watching him here in Denver. <laughs> he, uh, he gets rattled and then the game goes sideways because he starts making bad decisions and turning the ball over. So yeah, I think it's a downgrade to just about all the Jets and it kind of limits the list in my mind to, I think the two you mentioned, I think really Bell and uh, and Crowder at the moment with the injuries. Wow. And pro- no love to Coolio. No, wow. none to Coolio. Well, I, you, you can't do anything about that at this point. You already you already invested in, in Anderson. So it's kind of like, you just gotta, you're just going to have to kind of hope that Simeon can learn how to throw the deep ball at some point. It's never really been his strong suit. It's why I'm not super interested in that at the moment for me. What I was going to say yeah. is DT, no, still, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say no, Demaryius Thomas coming no. over. If and then the only other injury. one that maybe, maybe Herndon when he gets back, because that's coming up. Maybe, maybe, still, because of tight end. Yeah, Hopefully and I mean, that's... Yeah, I was going to say, that's three weeks from now. I hope Sam Darnold's able to recover by then, but we'll see. Don't know. Uh, Jordan have to Reed. Put the weight back on. Jordan Reed officially out once again. Uh, so Vernon Davis is clearly a back-end starter territory. Like, what do you got, 14, 15, somewhere in there for Vernon Davis, I would say? Tell you right now. This is riveting radio. It right? is. Yeah. Uh, this, this week, I can't. I can't. Six, 16. 16. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I think I have him, I believe, at 14 just because he's uh, – that edges him just ahead of Jimmy Graham because you know my feelings on Jimmy Graham. 
But. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, if you guys are really wanting to look at quarterbacks with Darnold out, there's a couple that I really like in Gardner Minshew and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo that are should be available more often than not based on their outlook last week. Yeah, you got, you know, on one hand, it's like professional suits and, you know, well-dressed, good-looking, and on the other, it's jorts. So that's a that's a wide range of uh, streaming options at quarterback you've got there. Sure, or you can go mullet and get Trevor Simeon. He's rocking the full '80s hockey hair. It's amazing. Meanwhile, running back. Keep in mind that Mark Ingram's limited in practice this week with a shoulder injury. Officially listed as questionable, but he should be fine to go this week. Le'Veon Bell also dealing with a soldier injury of his own. He had a precautionary MRI, but that came back clean, and he is expected to play. We just talked about him getting a full you know, workload again with Darnold being out. So ex- expect him to have another huge touch week this week on Monday night. Up in the air is Joe Mixon. He's still day-to-day with that ankle injury. He was back at practice on Friday, but he's officially questionable. We talked about this on Wednesday. Uh, Gio would be a top 20 guy if Mixon were to sit, but how do you feel about Joe Mixon heading into Sunday? I don't like him either way. I don't know why. I've just been down on Mixon, and it's probably because it's the Bengals, and I just I can't get on board with the fact that they can be successful over 16 games. I mean, sure, that's fair. It's, <laughs> it's, it's more of the individual talents I'm concerned about than it is the Bengals being horrible at football. Tra- track record would suggest that you're correct about that, by the way, so sure. Uh, I think people are trading for Mixon when he's hurt because of the, you know, the theoretical upside of it when he's healthy he's just, he's a he's an elite level yeah, he's player. a back end rb1 for me when he's healthy so yeah, i so. think if you can get him healthy that's the question and for me i love having the package we talked about that all preseason you gotta have geo with it yeah that was one of our guaranteed mandatory. to have a top 20 running back either way that was one of our mandatory handcuffs i mean there aren't very many of them frankly there's like three yeah, not anymore, but now that that one is for sure. So I would prefer that they just say, oh, yeah, Mixon's not going to go, and then I can play Geo and feel really good about it. Um, if Mixon decides he is going to give it a go, I honestly may end up playing Geo anyway, simply because at some point he still gets run. He still is used in the offense. It's just at some point, you know, Mixon may end up re-aggravating and uh, – it just it clouds the whole situation, which I really don't like. Or they put him on a pitch count, which is always frustrating. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I like Gio for that reason. I mean, I've been telling people to play Gio just because of the fact that fact. I am worried that he's going to hurt himself. I don't know why he feels the need to get hit like that. He's clearly made of glass. So wow, the hate for Joe Mixon coming out of out of the FF nerd over there just lights the internet on fire every time he's on this show he needs to just put a big dollop of that chili on his spaghetti and get over it (laughs) just climb on board already yeah uh expect to be without darius geis he had his surgery for the torn meniscus that we talked about wednesday they was put on ir friday so he will miss at least eight weeks could potentially end his season what's the impact now on the running back situation in washington you're well, starting Chris, Chris Thompson? Yeah, thank you. You beat me to it. Chris Thompson becomes a monster when healthy. And Adrian Peterson is the other the other running back there. And if you want the between the tackles, feel free to give it a bash. But we, we talked about this at length on Wednesday, Steve. I know your feelings on Adrian Peterson, where you're like, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Possibly right. a 20-foot pole. 
Um, I mean, it depends uh, on what they have in stock at the hardware store, but sure. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, all this does is it solidifies that Geis is going to be out for at least eight weeks. Uh, Given his injury history and how much they've invested in him, I don't know if they're going to really, like, want to rush him back. And we've also talked about the fact that we've seen Chris Thompson's injury history. I am someone that owns Chris Thompson in multiple leagues, so I'm hoping that he stays healthy, but this would be the first time in how many years that he's able to do that. So, uh, Chris Thompson, really great in PPR for the three or four weeks he can stay healthy, but when he goes down, are you interested in stashing Wendell Smallwood? Because eventually Chris Thompson will get hurt. It's an inevitability. It will happen. (laughs) Uh, history bears that out usually. That's where I should yeah, the, say. And the pass catching back in Washington has proven to have fantasy value. So, do you want to beat everybody to the punch and just throw them at the end of your bench and stash them for later on in the season, or is it too early to be thinking like that? I think it's probably like two weeks premature, but it's a good thought because I don't know that you'd have. I think you're so far ahead of the curve, frankly, that I don't know that you even need the roster spot at this point. It depends what your team construction is. I think at that point. If you've got depends like, on what you're holding at the end of the, your roster. Yeah, I don't. I'd have to know what the end of your bench is on, on to, to answer that question. But so like, I could, would you prefer AP or Wendell Smallwood? Oh, I'd prefer Wendell Smallwood. Yeah, in a PPR league, I'm probably with you on that. Um, just because, well, it's just I feel like the the Washington team just does not care for Adrian Peterson, and they don't want to do this, but they are literally being like forced into it. So that's he why. Plays that, well. I, I know that's how he keeps getting these opportunities, but I don't think they want to do this. I, I get the strong impression coming from them that this is not something that they want to do, but it is something that they are being forced into. So I, I think that's why I would go Smallwood because it seems like that's a decision they actually made that they feel good about and they're going to have to throw. And my reasoning is uh, right now I have Chris Thompson this week, I believe is RB 24 right at the back end of RB two territory. And that's probably where he's going to hover as long as he's on the field. I have Adrian Peterson in the late 30s, high 40s, and that's where he's going to hover for me. And if Thompson were to get hurt, Smallwood would leap him immediately and would be a top-end 30s guy for me there as well because of the PPR factor. So there's no scenario where Adrian Peterson is the top-rated back in Washington for me. So I don't know why I'm going to use a roster spot on him. Well, do you think maybe they trade with Peterson for a different RB? I don't know who would take Adrian Peterson. That's the that's the rub there. Like I don't know what the market dictates for Adrian Peterson. You know what I mean? Miami. Does Miami care? They're so openly I don't tanking. Think they care enough? They're so that, openly yeah. tanking that like why? It doesn't even make sense. Why am I giving you anything to do this? It's, to to get more picks. I mean, I guess, but like, what? Are, what is Washington realistically going to like? Like, if Frank like, Gore got hurt, maybe they trade him to Buffalo, sure, to back up that. the rookie there, something like that. I don't know, but I, I just don't see a scenario where somebody is going out to get Adrian Peterson, and I don't see the Redskins aggressively going after uh, a running back when they are already invested in guys. What's funny to me is I think this is actually the best case scenario for Adrian Peterson. What is actually happening right sure. now? Yep. This is literally the best way the cards could have fallen specifically for him. Because he's starting in the NFL again and they got no other options. 
So it's, and I don't think he's going to, they're going to, they're going to be able to get out of it. I think they're just stuck with each other. Meanwhile, Wide receivers. Uh, keep in mind, Antonio Brown is on track to play. According to Ian Rappaport, he will not be on the commissioner's list. Uh, he has practiced all week. It looks like he is going to make his debut with the Patriots on Sunday. Are you playing AB or are you still avoiding it? Still a no. Yeah, I'm not touching that. Not this week. I, no. I can't believe that he's incorporated into the offense yet. I just can't. Like I, I said it when they acquired him. I feel like it's going to take at least three or four weeks before he absolutely just, you know, goes off for his best case scenario and affects anybody else in a significant way on that team. So I feel like it's still too early for me. I've been playing without him to this point. I'll do it for one more week and feel pretty good about it. And it makes me like Josh Gordon even more because of those take coverage yeah. from him. Straight line down the field. Let's go. DeAndre Hopkins listed as questionable dealing with a rib injury, but he did practice on Friday. Should be good to go. Uh, Stefan Diggs also off the injury report and will be a full go this weekend. Hollywood Brown Hollywood. dealing with a hip injury, but he should also be good to go. He was uh, John Harbaugh said he'll play this weekend, so we're not worried about that at all. Just something, again, to keep in mind. Uh, up in the air, Tyler Lockett dealing with a back injury. He missed practice on Wednesday, was limited Thursday, full participant Friday. He's lowered in my rankings a little bit because the back is uh, not something you want to mess around with. So that's you know one hit, one awkward fall, and all of a sudden everything that makes Tyler Lockett Tyler Lockett goes away. Uh, I've bumped up DK Metcalf slightly in my rankings as a result. Are you high on uh, DK this week? Are you trusting Tyler Lockett? How do you feel about the situation with Seattle? I think DK is probably your home run shot if that's what you're going with. I'm I didn't like Lockett last week, and I'm not liking him this week. It's still just – I don't even think he was targeted last week, to be honest with you, and I don't see a reason why they would. I think DK went straight into that Baldwin role, and that's what they want to do. with. Lockett was targeted last week, but I don't know what his final numbers were. I know I definitely recall watching him miss a connection with Russell Wilson into the – would have altered that game. But uh, the uh, for me, I've got Lockett uh, – right there at 31 and I moved DK up a little bit. He's at like 44. So uh, that's kind of how I feel. And what I'm concerned about with DK is this is going to this would be the first big test. You know what I mean? Cause he's going to have to, to be really the only guy at that point. You know what I mean? Cause what would be the other supporting cast around him at that point? So the defenses could kind of cheer and Brown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the defenses could like load up on him. So we'll see how that we would get, to, we would get the opportunity to see how he would react to that for the first time. Uh, expect to be without Josh Doxson <laughs> head into the IR with the hamstring issue. Uh, he is potentially designated for return, though, could be back later this year. Uh, Fast Albert also out again this week for Miami. The tank is in full force down there. And Mike Williams' knee injury, we mentioned briefly the breaking news from Wednesday night. Uh, something, a cause for concern. God, no. Chargers. Yeah, just what you needed, another Chargers injury. That never happens over there. No, never. So uh, does anybody step up if Mike Williams is out for the Chargers offense? Inman, man. I think that's who's going to fill in those shoes. He's not the big enough guy. And on or out, I think that's really your solid person for that position. And, I mean, if you want another home run, I guess Benjamin. They both have been there forever and kind of know what they're doing. So I'm okay with either. The crowd is with Benjamin, I'll tell you that, from what I've been talking to people about and reading this week. So, 
the internet would tell you Benjamin, and he's been there for long enough. So, but I like the Inman call because uh, he's yeah, also and better. the internet's always right too. So the internet's always right, hundred percent, hundred percent. Nothing bad about a Chargers fan, right? You kind of know who's been there and who hasn't. So one of those things. <laughs> All right, so just want to remind you guys again, uh, Roto Assurance, the official sponsor of the Important Nonsense podcast this season. You can go to rotoassurance.com and get insured for in-season coverage. They're also doing DFS. You can protect your bets this year as well. All you have to do is put in promo code NONSENSE. That's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E. You'll get 20% off any insurance package with Roto Assurance. So head to rotoassurance.com and get set up for this weekend today. So trust or bust, Mr. Draven, uh, quarterbacks that you like this weekend compared to consensus. I think these are actually pretty easy. Uh, I'm going with Big Ben. I mean, I think he's back at home. I think he's really just frustrated with the game last week and being so horrible that it's just going to be a big bounce back for him. And then I have Derek Carr as well, who I think is chasing points in Kansas City. And it's just going to be a big shootout they he always plays well and i think this is going to be one of those games that really goes off for him uh yeah Derek carr i agree with for sure i think he has the possibility to uh to put up some numbers um remember last year there was the shootout the last game they played between the two teams so uh you know the offense did look better for them on monday night and we all know how terrible that kansas city defense can be uh i think that for me, it's more of a shot call on Roethlisberger than it is for you a shot call on Roethlisberger because I'm way out on him this weekend. That offense looked terrible. I've never been a Roethlisberger guy. Neil will tell everybody that. Anybody oh, yeah. that's listening to this show will be able to tell you that for sure. But the general consensus is Roethlisberger's right on the edge of starting. You've got him in as a trust. Our, our site consensus is 15. I've got him at 26. Oh. Uh, the Seattle defense is way good. I think they're going to come on the road. I actually have Seattle as an upset pick this weekend. So I don't, I do not like Roethlisberger, even at home. That That's that's the one thing I will uh, I will disagree with you on there. And I have Roethlisberger at 17, so I'm more in line with consensus. But yeah, I w- it would not shock me in any way if <laughs> Seattle gave them a, a, a ride in, at home. And you just, I'm not, I don't trust it yet. That chemistry looks completely woeful and i don't know that it's something they can fix in a week it's a lot of new faces and they just didn't look right so it's it's an aggressive quarterback with a team that aggressively takes the ball away and it just it just smells like a three pick game to me it has all the feels of that game when he threw five interceptions against the jags last season at home that's fine but i think that had it changed with fans or Moncrief actually catching more of their passes, it, the game changes a, a lot and it's not nearly as bad as it was on paper and in real life, unfortunately. Uh, busts? Uh, not surprising. I'm going to go with Tom Brady versus Miami just because I think they made this statement against, well, the Steelers last week and this week it's Miami and they're just going to run and establish it with Sony Michelle. He's going to be the lead back and it's not going to be pretty for Miami yet again. Um, I I don't – I kind of went over this before the show, but I don't think that the 18-point spread is something that I'm going to be, believe on. They're going to be closer to a touchdown, I think they're going to control the ball a lot, and it's just going to be with Sony. And then you have Russell Wilson with Big Ben doing well. I think the defense is a lot better than people give him credit for. And so I'm 
I can't see Wilson doing well, and they want to run the ball, and I don't think the Steelers are going to let him do it. I'm fine with uh, well, really according to my ranks, I'm fine with none of what you just said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually see this completely oppositely, and uh, and Tom Brady, uh, I I just don't necessarily believe that they're going to completely ball control it because that's not necessarily what they do. And it's kind of hard to read this. I understand that they try and customize it every week to what their opponent does poorly, but Miami does everything poorly. So it really wouldn't shock me if they just went out there and scored 24 points. We're throwing it around the yard. And then in the second half gave the ball to Sony Michelle a million times, just trying to salt the game away. But in that time, Tom Brady could still amass a nice point total for you because their secondary looks completely woeful. And also yeah, let's not forget that it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots and they will run up the score on you. They have no problem doing it, especially in the division. They kind of, they kind of love doing that to people. I get what you're saying, uh, Jason too, about, you know, Tom Brady and them controlling the the clock and just running the ball a lot, which they absolutely can do. But I also feel like against that defense, Tom Brady could accidentally throw three touchdowns and that would make him <laughs> in the first half, a, a yeah. top 12 in, play. In, in, so yeah, exactly. And then they don't even bother in the second half. And then as far as Russell Wilson goes, the, the counter argument is what we started laying out before with Ben Roethlisberger. I actually think that I'm scared of this matchup if I've got Steelers. I, I don't trust it at this point. That Seattle defense, I get that it's a road game for them now. It's their first real test, frankly. So we're going to see how they respond. But that defense looked better than I thought it was going to uh, in the preseason, admittedly. And I get that it's you know Andy Dalton, but but still, they looked they looked a little bit better. And I'm just I'm not sold on the other side of the ball for the Steelers. The offense just not gelling just yet. So I'm a little concerned that this could turn into like Steve said a three pick game. And on the other side, I could easily see, like, I could easily see DK Metcalf, despite his dis- the disadvantage of the coverage, just getting a twenty yard, couple twenty yard touchdowns for Russell Wilson or Disley, as you kind of whispered. You know, and yeah, Russell, uh, I've never been a big fan of. I have him at QB twelve, so you know, absolutely I have him at eleven. Could be I have him at eleven. Out of that like, that's, yeah, I have him at eleven, so that's why I'm not pushing back on like, but if Tom Brady, I have, I, I feel like that the Tom Brady argument works so much better for me for Russell Wilson. That they're going to control the ball on the ground with Chris Carson and then, you know, spell in Rashad Penny every now and then. And it's just, I think it's more likely that that's the case for Seattle on the road, trying to keep the ball away from the Steelers and keeping it a low-scoring, highly defensive game, as opposed to uh, to Brady, who could just tear apart the Dolphins. Even though historically... They seem to have uh, been able to hold him in check a little bit, but especially if AB is out there and he's going to have a new toy to throw to, I feel like that's it's just going to be what a better way to test it out than in this game, right? Like that's they're probably getting better pass coverage from the practice squad than they will be on Sunday in a live game against the Dolphins. That's the sad thing. Uh, So running backs that you are trusting this weekend. Well, I'm going with uh, Duke Johnson. I think you saw Williams and McCoy do really well against the Jags last week, and I think it's a solid choice here. I think they're going to be able to move the ball, and Duke's not just part of that running back, but he's also kind of a wide receiver, and he's good at it. Um, Talking about Kansas City, I'm going to go with McCoy. I think he's a great runner. Um, I think he was clearly the better back last week, and – Granted, Williams is more of a pass catcher, but I kind of see that going to McCoy's favor here. I think he's going to be the one who is getting some more pass catching work, and he's learning the playbook, and it's just going to keep getting more and more of a role for him. And then I'm going with uh, Devin Singletary. 
just because it's the Giants. And, man, he looked so good last week. He was on the field for 7% of snaps, but only got four carries, while Gore had 11. And I think that's going to be a shift. I think they're, they're going to shift away from Gore because he was more talented, and it's just one of those things that I, I really feel that Singletary is going to have a good game against the Giants. Uh, I agree with Duke Johnson for sure. I've got him 21 in my ranks. I think he'll definitely be able to land in that running back two territory against the uh, the beat-up Jaguars defense. And in the second half of that game, too, they'll probably just be controlling the clock. Uh, same with McCoy. Again, we talked about it. This has shootout written all over it. While he's not, you know, not recently at least, been the greatest pass catcher in the world, uh, he did control the ball well you know, much better than uh, Williams did last weekend. So I feel like he's going to get a lot of opportunities. So I will agree with you there as well. And then Singletary, I think it's still too soon. Um, You mentioned the four carries compared to the 11 for Gore. I think that's, you know, more of an indication. Yes, he played more snaps. He's the better pass blocker. Um, And, you know, they were playing from behind much of that game. They remember they were down 16. So he was in there in the pass passing downs passing scenarios and that wasn't the case or that won't be the case I think against the Giants a game that I feel like they can control even on the road so uh, I feel like we're actually going to see more Frank Gore this weekend I'm more bullish on him than I am on uh, on Singletary as far as Duke Johnson goes I think we all see this the same way because I have Duke Johnson like RB 21 so it sets up well for him uh LaShawn McCoy um, I actually, for me, it's almost a, it's almost a super like, because I've actually got him into like relevant playing territory at 29. And Steve will explain my feelings on LaShawn McCoy if they're not positive. Um, but the opportunity is there for him. I just, oh, I think it's, a, there you go. I think it's opportunity <laughs> and it's volume. It's all the same arguments for Damian Williams, but uh, so this might be a good week to roll, roll him out as well. Singletary, uh, I'm actually leaning a little bit more towards Jason on this one, but probably not as high as as he is but i do think that they're going to try and keep getting him the ball just because they need to keep getting him reps because it's not like it's this shift that jason was speaking about i don't think is i don't think it's coming this week i still think we're going to kick the can down the road on that a bit but he flashed last week and i think they're going to try and keep giving him the ball and if he can flash again because as we saw the giants defense looks atrocious particularly the secondary so I could see a scenario where he catches some sort of screen pass and just houses it on. And that's your day right there. So I'm not totally out on the Devin Singletary. Sure, he had four carries for 70 yards. Last I know, he's a big so. play waiting to happen, but that's totally non-repeatable, as I was explaining to people at the offense. That is not repeatable. It's not a, a number you can count on, four for 70, please. Don't be a hater. That's a CJ Spiller day. That's the CJ Spiller. <laughs> like, it's the same team even. Give him the ball on the one, and he just takes it in. Like, that's, yeah, come on, man. That's the definition of, un- of unrepeatable. But it's the catches that I think will, that might might help him here. So it really hurts that Sterling Shepard's in the concussion protocol. <laughs> that's gonna That hurts the Giants so bad. It makes this game so much worse. Evan Ingram. Have to do you love to just whisper tight ends. <laughs> he does. His... I noticed it. You got to carve out a lane for yourself when you get into podcasting, and that's the lane he's going with. Whispering yeah, the tight end at the end of each thing. The tight end playing. whisperer, Jason yeah. Draven. All right. It's not just um, tight ends. It's good players that have that opportunity that you need to be That happen to play tight ends. <laughs> yeah. So far, it's just point, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, running backs that are busting this weekend. No surprise here. They're all going against good 
defenses. So it's David Johnson, Aaron Jones, and Philip Lindsay. I just you have Johnson against the Ravens. That's not a matchup I want. You have Aaron Jones against Minnesota, who literally made Freeman look so bad last week. He killed me in fantasy. And then Philip Lindsay, who actually had a really good game, but he split carries with Freeman and it's Chicago. I think it's going to be even worse than the Broncos. So I just I don't see it happening this week. What do you guys think? I'm with you on the uh, on just about all of that list. David Johnson takes a bit of a downgrade uh, just because it is the Ravens. It's a staunch defense. He's still going to get, you know, a fair share of run. Obviously, it's David Johnson. You probably don't have better options is my point. But I wouldn't be counting on a huge number, if that makes sense. Player upside. Uh, Aaron Jones, I, Steve and I don't, won't waste a whole lot of time. Yeah, we've going talked about the committee We've talked about before, this. Yeah. It's, that's not something I want really ever. And then Philip Lindsay is the one that is uh, the most intriguing because he'd be the pass catcher. But I've downgraded my expectations for him a little bit this week. The timeshare was something I had baked into the rankings. So it's not a shock to me that Royce is going to play when he's healthy at all. That's what I've been telling people. It's fine. Like, he's going to play. What was more concerning to me was the two targets that Flacco missed Lindsay on. He had six targets, which is great. Caught four. The two were not on Lindsay that he didn't catch. <laughs> they were terrible, terrible Flacco throws. And you can't be doing that against the Bears. So I am a little concerned about Lindsay. Uh, but I don't, again, so what's the Mendoza line then on that would be my question. So where in your rankings, Jason, or in your, in your mind, or Steve, where's the cutoff then to where it's like Philip Lindsay or who? then at RB2 or flex, I guess. RB2 is probably the more relevant conversation. Well, I mean, let's just stick with us too. What do we, what do you think between Jones and Lindsay? Are you, who are you going oh, to I'd start rather there? have Philip Lindsay. With, yeah. I Philip mean, Lindsay think, over Jones. We, That's that one. That, yeah, yeah. 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 Philip Lindsay, Philip, Philip Lindsay or Matt Breida. Breida. It's not even close for me. Uh, I'm going to go Lindsay. All right. Philip Lindsay or LaShawn McCoy. Uh, Lindsay, but just barely. I'll go with Lindsay for now. Uh, Philip Lindsay or Latavius Murray? Oh, Murray. Uh, Philip Lindsay. And Philip Lindsay or Chris Thompson? <laughs> Chris, Chris Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Thompson. Okay. I think that should help clear it up for people. Just because when we say bad matchup, you know what I mean? Like, Philip Lindsay's a guy where you might actually have better options, whereas, like, bad matchup for David Johnson is like, okay, there's really nothing I can do about that, more than likely. Yeah, you're still going to start David Johnson. If you drafted yeah. David Johnson, you don't have a better option to play out there. So, But overall, I'd say you're spot on with wanting to downgrade expectations for everyone on that list. Uh, wide receivers you trust this weekend. Okay, so it's the first one's kind of a couple. I like Michael Gallup and Randall Cobb in the same game. Um, I think that Cooper gets covered up, and this is just going to be uh, Norman on Cooper, and it's not going to look good for Cooper at all. And I think Gallup looked really good last year. He caught everything that was thrown to him. So, And then you have Cobb, who's kind of the veteran there that, Okay, let's give him the ball. And he did great last week as well. He actually had second most yards per target. Like, that's that's pretty decent. I mean, and then, of course, we're, I'm going back to the well here with uh, John Brown. I, I like him. And, again, the it's Mafia. the Yeah, I know. It's the Giants. I mean, you, you got to play people against the Giants. Can't not, right? And then um, for the Dallas and Washington game, you want Terry McLaurin he's been great I mean he didn't get a whole lot last week but I think that number is going to improve I mean he looked great he had seven targets caught five of them for almost 18 yards per catch that's pretty decent and he had a 16 percent target share 
Granted, the person yeah. who led that was, was Thompson. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised he wasn't a uh, like a higher waiver ad. Like he wasn't a higher priority for people because I was that that was someone I was actively looking at and targeting. If I could get my hands on it, I couldn't. But I mean, that's he's got a ton of upside there. He's everything they've wanted in Washington for a while, and it just hasn't panned out with the likes of you know Jamison Crowder and Josh Doxson. I think to be fair, he would have been probably close to the number one name on a bunch of lists if Hollywood Brown didn't exist. Hollywood! Any chance I get to use it? I'm no, gonna, no, that's why I'm setting you up. Gonna man. Throw I'm, it putting out. It on, I'm putting it's it on just... T. Like, <laughs> uh, in terms of like everything on there, I have no real problem. You know my feelings on the Cowboys with Zeke playing. I, my DAC ranking. I'm not going to disagree with any of that. John Brown is, a, it's, again, it's a favorable matchup to your point, and McLaurin is is spot on. I mean, there's there's nothing really to push back on with any of that. I think you can raise expectations for all three. Yeah, more. exactly. I mean, and shout out to our guy, uh, Tyler Reed from the website. Tyler is going to have to suffer the wrath of Randall Cobb in the staff league this week because I'm starting <laughs> him. And he will, he will suffer the wrath of team running back doesn't matter this weekend. So uh, shout out to Tyler. Uh, wide receivers that are busting. Oh, I brought it up, uh, and it's going to be Amari Cooper, man. I really do think he gets, and it's not going to be good. I, he got nine targets last week, had six catches, and almost 12 yards per catch. I mean, he looked good, but I just I think Norman is going to be bothering him, and I don't think he does well when he's under that much pressure. Um, then I'm going into Brandon Cooks. I, I think that it's still going to be Woods and Cup. He was targeted six times, only got two of them. And his yards per catch were six and a half. Like that's not something to be proud of, in my opinion. I don't think it looked good, and I don't want to play him this week. And you guys know my hate for the Bengals, so I'm sticking with uh, Tyler Boyd here. I don't like him. If anything, I really think it's going to go to Ross because he's going, Boyd's going to get wide receiver one coverage, and it's just going to be a tough one for him. I think he last week he had 11 targets, eight catches, and only 5.5 yards per catch. I mean, it, it's going to be a tough week for him. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, – Cooks, I could totally see. There, Like you said, there's there's so many mouths to feed in that game, not to mention it's a it's a tough matchup. So uh, that one I agree with. The, I get the Josh Norman thing, but it just seemed like no matter how many people were on him or covering him, Dak was force-feeding the ball into Amari Cooper. I mean, they are going out of their way to make sure he is involved in that offense. The new offensive coordinator is – high on Amari Cooper they really want to feature him I have I have personally Amari Cooper at wide receiver five this week I am super high on Amari Cooper I think the targets are going to be there I think that they're just going to be slinging the ball around a lot and I mean this game could turn into a shootout at some point which is why I was surprised that they didn't have uh the Redskins as high on a lot of these uh rankings that's funny, Steve. I also have Amari Cooper at five. That was where I was going to push back. I agree with the Brandon Cooks thing. Uh, it could. I, I could also see a scenario where maybe it's a bounce back game. But no, the the yeah, too many mouths. I can understand how that could be a bust. I've got him at twenty nine. Totally legit. In my yeah, eyes, and we but, talked about uh, Tyler Boyd yeah, and John Ross effect. We did. On, uh, we on did. Wednesday. And we also talked about the idea that the coverage could also work. Yeah, the, you've got that written right there. So we talked. We've, we've, we're not going to recover that. But Amari Cooper, I have at five. I think it's a. Big day for, for all record, your Cowboys. I have Tyler Boyd at 14. I, I think he's going to get a lot of targets. I think he's going to be a, a lot more involved. 
And now that John Ross has shown flashes, he's going to get more respect from the defense, and I think he's going to kind of fall off the face of the earth like he likes to do. Uh, you know, assuming oh my hamstring, he stays on the field. Let's uh, go oh, tight ends. I, that you real trust. quick, Steve, I have Tyler Boyd at 16, so I'm right there okay. with you. All right, tight ends. Well, I don't know how this happened, but Oakland's Darren Waller should be owned more. How is he not? Like he had 31 percent of the targets last week. Granted, that's only eight, but he caught seven of them for 8.8 yards per catch against, oh wait, the Broncos, who isn't a bad defense. And now they're going against the Chiefs, who are not a good defense at all. Like, <laughs> what is going on? Those are all fair statements. I can't argue with any of <laughs> Are that. you trying uh, to do like Will Ferrell from Zoolander? Like, <laughs> I feel no, like I'm like, taking crazy pills. <laughs> No, but oh, the rest a, of the world write is. Write that down. That's a good trap, too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like taking crazy pills is absolutely a good idea. <laughs> no, but uh, I get what you're saying about the Waller thing. Um, for me, division games can always be extremely wonky. And especially week one, we talked about you know the overreactions to week one. You know, Darren Waller, we knew would be more involved. I do think he's going to be a uh, you know, reasonable play. I've got him at 12. I think he has a shot to be a tight end one this week for sure. Uh, they have to throw to somebody in that offense. I don't understand why he isn't more owned, especially with all the hype he's gotten. But yeah, I could totally see that one. I have Waller at nine. So run, don't walk to your waiver wire and check if he's still there because it's the Raiders. And if we know anything, it's that in a Gruden offense, they throw to the tight end. It's been true for forever. So anybody who's playing tight, we saw Jared Cook be a borderline candidate to get into the big three. You know what I mean? For a while there, that's how much they go to the tight end. So anybody who can do it, it's going to have value. And Gruden literally recruited Waller. Like that's, that's what I don't understand. He wants to give him the ball. So, and moving on, I guess we have uh, TJ Hawkinson doing that still young guy. He did great last week, nine targets, six catches, almost 15 yards a catch and a 20% target share, which is tied with Galladay. And like, Honestly, who actually led that? Oh, wait, Amendola. I don't think that's going to happen again this week. It's going to be a lot tougher defense, and I just I don't see it working for him. And I think Hawkinson's going to be the one that he checks down to. And it's just – or even better, he's going to go long, and it's just going to be a race. I, I believe in Hawkinson. <laughs> um, my more, most controversial one is actually going to be uh, Blake Jarwin. And I don't think people are giving him enough love. He had three targets last week, three catches. And 13 yards per catch. Granted, it's only 9% target share, but I think he's a better tight end than Witten. And I think he showed that in preseason. And I just think it continues to get better. I I, I even, I'm going to take a shot at Neil here, but I, I want him over Graham. And that's probably a kind of a bold statement, but I, I'm I mean, sick you're wrong. <laughs> like, you're wrong. No one should listen to that, but okay. He went three for three, and the touchdown he caught was when he had to, like, backpedal and catch it behind him because Dak almost missed it on his traditional wobbly duck. So if you're going to hang and your hat on that. let's be very clear. This is a pro-stumpy podcast. Right? Yeah, this is How a pro-stumpy environment, okay? So it's Jason Witten catching six-yard button hooks all day for me. And, uh, <laughs> like, that's what it is. So, no, and it's not like I'm crazy high on Graham or anything, but I'm definitely playing him over Jarwin. And that's insane because I – look, what, how do I pro-Jimmy Graham suddenly? This is not a thing. I tank him in my rankings all the time. When did we become pro Jimmy Graham? You're gonna come at me for this. Cooper. What this happened? This is the. This is what, what you're coming the hell at me happened? over. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. There it is Blake again. Jarwin? Like, uh, no, we're not doing that. But I, I love the Waller and I love the. High. 
The Hawkinson, yeah, I think, I, is real. That's a I'll great call by you. I love it. I love that all over. Hawkinson, I've got a 10, and he is the guy in my top 10 I'm the most nervous about. That matchup against the Chargers, it's trusting rookie tight ends is always a scary proposition. It's such a they, learning curve for me. They looked really... to force feed him the ball last week is the thing that, that just led me back to him. So we'll we'll see if that'll continue this week or if it was just a one-off and it was a you know another Austin Hooper week one situation. Exactly. Busts at tight end. Yeah, I'm these are gonna be difficult because I don't I'm gonna start with Zach Ertz, okay? Don't get me wrong, I How think this is gonna <laughs> oh. I know. Everybody drafted him so high and I, I do think he does okay, but I don't think he's gonna do what you're expecting. I don't think he's gonna be top twelve. And I just I'm struggling. Um, he had seven targets last week, five catches at 7.7 yards per catch, which is an 80% target share. Granted, it wasn't the best game for the Eagles, but I, I, I still don't see him uh, Wentz looking for Hurts this week. And so I think he's going to look for Jackson and any one of the a thousand other weapons they decide to give him to play with. You've loved uh, Deshaun Jackson. Like, <laughs> <so much. laughs> that Deshaun Jackson thing was such a fluke, and I refuse to believe that that's real life. I, I reference all cannot. the preseason conversations I had with you as well, like about Deshaun. I just your love for Deshaun Jackson. I'm not like a Deshaun Jackson thing. That's Steve's department. But <laughs> you, your love for him, it was like you were writing sonnets. Okay, like that's that's what that was, like Cyrano de Bergerac style over there. No, that that still I was. Hoping for Henry so bad. That's the my the love my love interest. Just because Gates was that guy, and I, I can't. I will say this though, <laughs> uh, I'm taking the over in that game. I feel like that's going to be a shootout for sure. So any shares I can get in that Philly Atlanta game, I'm I'm good with playing Zacherts. Atlanta's defense is going to be so bad. Yeah, I'm fine with Ertz <laughs> as well. Um, I just I I don't I think that's more of an aberration. I don't think they're going to. I think that's just a one off. I'm not too worried about it yet. All right, then I'm um, you. We kind of talked about him earlier, but Jared Cook uh, last week had three targets and two catches for at 12.3 yards per catch, 7% target share, and it's New Orleans. I mean, they have too many people there already. They have so many weapons. It's, I just don't see it being a good game for him. I think instead of going to him, they're still going to look to Kamara or Thomas or anybody else. And then I, as much as I love Ben – I, I can't get on Vance McDonald. I don't like him this week. I think it's not ideal for him, and he didn't look good week one. Uh, two catches on four targets for 10 yards per catch, 9% target share. Not a fan. Not looking forward to it. So what do you guys think on those? Yeah. I was really high on Jared Cook in the preseason, and it was a scary proposition simply because you had to wonder, was it the, was it just the Raiders you know, force-feeding the tight end position, the ball, and when he goes somewhere else, all of a sudden Jared Cook goes back to being Jared Cook. And, you know, in the first week he kind of disappeared, and now this is a tough, tough matchup for them. So uh, I, I feel the opposite of the way I feel in the Philly-Atlanta game, where I feel like those are two, like, rough defenses that that's going to end up being a shootout, whereas in this game they're two solid defenses where everybody, I think, kind of gets down-ticked a little bit for me here. I have Jared Cook at 13, so I'm, I'm absolutely with you on the uh, the Jared Cook scarcity. And then I already talked about how I think Seattle is uh, is too good to uh, rely on any of your Steelers this week. 
Yep, I co-signed both of those. We've already kind of talked about uh, the the Steelers downgrade for Steve and I for this week. So uh, I'm kind of sad because I'm actually impacted by the Hunter Henry. So I'm actually playing Vance McDonald this week because I don't really have another choice. And uh, I could go pick up Jimmy Graham, I guess. I know how much Jason loves that idea. Or Um, Jarwin. Yeah, or Blake Jarwin. Yeah, I get Jarwin. (laughs) Definitely available. Yeah, yeah. Jarwin over McDonald. You heard him say it, folks. Write that down. Um, uh, But in all seriousness, the Jared Cook, I have him at 15. It's it 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 was not a good a great showing from him last week and I I agree with the if you're I will say the one thing you could hang your hat on with it is if you want to attack the Rams the best way to do it is to attack them like kind of over the middle with the linebackers maybe you could get some work done that way but they do that so many other ways with the too many mouths that yeah Cook unfortunately for me having him at fifteen is a bit of a tumble from where we had him in the preseason you know what I mean yeah absolutely I mean I had him up at five so. Yeah. Uh, Everybody was kind of high on him. Yeah, it just again, right outside of that range there. It's the same type of deal. Uh, you know, we're talking about Cook on the back end there, and we're talking about Vance McDonald. Uh, let's see, other guys in that range. David and Joku against the Jets scored a touchdown last week. Yeah, I yeah. think that saved his day. <laughs> uh, Tyler Eifert against San Francisco. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I hate the Bengals. How many times do I have to say it? <laughs> I, no, no, no. no. Apparently We've one already more. established. Apparently we get, one more time. We, <laughs> we got to get you some chili on spaghetti and get you completely. Yeah, man, no kidding. You ever had a nice Ugh. five-way? Ugh. You've never been to Cincinnati, have you? You don't have no idea what we're talking about. I feel like he's just oh, God, confused no. by this whole concept. So in Cincinnati, there's something called Skyline Chili that I will Google when we're done with this. And uh, the, the viewers or listeners as well, if you've never been to Cincinnati and have no idea what Steve and I are talking about. In Cincinnati, they eat uh, chili on spaghetti. There's a restaurant called Skyline. It's a chain. If you insult that, you've insulted all the people of Cincinnati. So you should probably not go to Cincinnati for a while until this dies down because you're causing riots. Okay. You've insulted their like favorite thing. You got to, you got to know. Also, mini hot dogs with chili is also what they like. Yeah, we just got one of those, and I I don't get it. I want a regular hot dog with chili. Why, why do I want three small ones? Careful. <laughs> the Skyline Hive will come for you. You don't want that smoke on the internet. You don't want that smoke on the internet, man. Like, you don't want You're going to have all these angry bear cats in your, in your mentions on the Fantasy Life app tomorrow. Like, can't listen to this guy. He doesn't like spaghetti on chili. How do you have Jared Cook, then? Like I, we've got him right outside of starting territory. So Jason, where would you have him? I'm probably like, have him around 18, to be honest. Okay, like, so would you rather have Jared Cook or Jack Doyle? Uh, See, I don't, I don't like Doyle. I'd actually go with Ali Cox over Doyle. Wow! How That's dare you? Off board with Bo Ali Cox. <laughs> He's so tall. Holy cow, man! Uh, okay, let's try this right, again. Well, this has been this has been Jason's <laughs> last podcast. So say let's goodbye. Try let's try this one. Does, it, does time permit us to try that one more time, Steve? Or are we going to Because that's like, well. I mean, to be fair, at least he didn't say Eric Ebron. Right. Uh, that, right anything right, but Eric Ebron fair, was an acceptable fair. answer. So I was going to say fine. I was going to say Jason Witten, but he's just going to say Blake Jarwin. So how about yes? So right. How about how about Noah Fan? Oh, I I would take Cook over Noah Fan. Cook over Fan. Okay. So I'm just trying Kyle to get a Rudolph. sense of yeah. Kyle Rudolph. It's a good one. Uh, I Rudolph this week. Trey Burton with the injury. Yeah. Burton. <laughs> wow. If I I'm telling you, I don't like him. And so I hate Jared I, Cook at an unreasonable level, my friend. Like, 
<laughs> he wasn't in my vision last year. What did so he do it's, to al- you? it's almost like Jared Cook once played for Cincinnati. He hates him so much. Yeah. I well, mean, go get. It's, it's what it feels like. Just ignore all of this and go pick up TJ Hawkins. I got him at eight. Perfect. Like, yeah, just go do that and just forget that this conversation ever happened. Or not- Waller. I said that. I said Waller or Hawkinson. I got him at eight. Two available. Why are they two yeah, available? I've got him at eight and nine. They're both available in a lot of leagues. Go for it. Like, go nuts. Don't worry. We say this every year. We spent all last year trying to get Baker Mayfield's ownership percentage over like 50% and we couldn't do it. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think they showed this Welcome weekend. to the Everybody crazy spin zone. Well, You're welcome. Welcome to the spin zone. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for Trust or Bust this week. Thank you, gentlemen. As always, we will be back uh, next Friday. Till then, you can catch us let's see what do you got at nonsense underscore steve at nonsense underscore neil at that ff nerd all three on basically everything uh you can of course uh, subscribe to the podcast on itunes uh google play the tune in stitcher spotify all that just like subscribe five star reviews much appreciated got to really show that one guy wrong just really stick it to that <laughs> one, one guy guy who just did not <laughs> like us at all <laughs> Not a fan. Hashtag not a fan. fan. Hashtag not a fan. But uh, until next week, everybody, good luck and keep up the nonsense. See you. Catch you Wednesday. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Lee Rosebeer, Lame Genie, and Tri Tachyon. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with the latest content on importantnonsense.com.